0: Track by Track, I'm your host Darren and today we're going to be talking about Damned If I Do and of course that is a little eye symbol uh, from Emancipation recorded uh, at Paisley Park from late 95 to early 96 and released on the 19th of November 1996 on the track, we have Prince, we have Janelle um, which we can talk about later on and we also have uh, the MPG horns which at this time is Michael B. Nelson, Steve Strand, Dave Jensen, Kathy Jensen and Brian Gallagher um, there is also another person who is on the track who speaks in Spanish along with Janelle um, and they're just credited as friend. So my guess would the, it might be Maite's sister because she was also on a, another earlier track. So uh, there's a chance it's probably her um, if you need someone to speak fluent Spanish who better than you know Maite and Maite's sister. Uh, The track itself is 5 Minute 21, and joining me to talk about it today is John Park. Hello, John.
1: Hello, greetings.
0: Now, for a genre, I'm not 100% sure where to go, (laughs) because, I mean, I think we'd be safe by saying it's a pop song, Yeah, it feels like that's kind of what it is, but towards the end, it kind of turns into, (laughs) I don't know, it takes a turn towards the end, but for the most of it, it's kind of like a, you know, an upbeat pop song, like this idea of like, you know, damned if I do, damned if I don't. Uh, like a kind of frustration you know a cliche but you know Prince kind of reframing Mm -hmm. it in a slightly different way and kind of doing something interesting with it and then for the last like I don't know minute half of the song turning it into a kind of weird kind of flamenco song um for some reason and I'm not even quite sure why (laughs) it
1: takes that turn but why not why not uh, I mean I haven't heard too much from this this era of Prince um yeah I'm more of the I'm the 80s kind of guy that's that's my field um, but this was a very different sound to me for him, much less funky. Kind of a, as you say, like a pop, a pop rock kind of a song. It wasn't what I was expecting yeah. at all. It sounded like, like a very different artist, which is a good thing and a bad thing, depending.
0: Yeah, well, I, I think that the thing is when Prince got to Emancipation, you know, he'd spent first of all most of 1996 talking about Emancipation, while also having to promote, you know, a couple of albums that he didn't really care that much for, and mm. you know, was just you releasing to get out of his contract. Um, and I think he kind of had more of an eye towards making like more commercial songs um, or at least giving EMI the option to have, you know, uh, you know, more commercial songs to release from this album. Mm. Um, so, you know, he did his first ever cover with Bet You By Golly Wow, which was the lead single. Oh. Um, and, you know, which is, yeah, an unusual move <laughs> for Prince to, to to do his first ever kind of cover as and have that as the lead single.
1: Unexpected. Um, yeah. But,
0: on the first kind of two discs, it feels like he's giving EMI the option of saying, look, here are four or five songs that will make good singles, that will be very kind of commercial sounding, um, you know, like using like a cliche, like damned if I do, damned if I don't. Hmm. Like, that's something that a lot of kind of like, um, you know, particularly at this time, you had a lot of um, particularly uh, I'm trying to think of her name who did the uh, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith.
1: Oh, um, Oh no, you're really taxing the, me in. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Like those those types of writers, people who were brought in, um, you know, by big artists to just write commercial songs. Um, And this feels like Prince is is doing kind of the same thing that they would do, which is using titles that are kind of a little cliche and kind of simple and then kind of basing a song around that um you know and also i mean the thing is of course prince can't help but be prince though so <laughs> in this particular song i mean it's almost like he gives them the option for the radio edit he's like look for the last minute and a half this song's going to go in a very different direction but if you want you can kind of cut the song <laughs> just before that point you just chop and that, that off be your single <laughs> yeah um you know so there is that kind of option as well but this feels like him Um, and this is something that's true of uh, you know a handful of songs on on the certainly the first two discs the last disc is a bit more kind of experimental Mm. um apart from emancipation which is you know once again an attempt to do a kind of purple rain type hands in the air finale Mm. to the album um but here this does feel like him kind of nakedly doing something very kind of pop um almost as if to kind of give emi this option of like well here this could be a single you know yeah definitely and this could get airplay and you know that's that's what it feels like to me certainly
1: definitely and i i mean my note here i've got i i thought it sounded like it could be the theme song to a 90s tv show <laughs> which uh again could be a good thing <laughs> or a bad thing depending on your view it, it's yeah not what i was expecting when i was uh issued these tracks <laughs> but it, you know it was um a pleasant surprise i think
0: yeah and i think the thing is as well uh i mean to me the one thing that lets it down uh, uh, certainly early on is the very thin drum sound mm. and that's kind of characterized by the opening kind of drum fill um which to me it feels really like it feels like it's a programmed drum like it feels very artificial uh, which of course it is because it's prince um you know like on this album he does occasionally have uh, Michael Bland as a drummer and when he's on the tracks you can hear you know the real kind of like yeah. live uh you know drum sound but on this it just sounds very kind of uh like very thin and, and kind of very kind of computerized um you know and you know there's a lot of kind of keyboards on here as well um and then once we get to the end there's you know there's quite a bit of guitar kind of comes in as well um so you know I I, I There's a kind of certain production sound that Prince started using sometime around kind of like 94-ish. And he kind of sticks with that all the way up until about 2001 um, when he, he gets a brand new band and the sound kind of changes. Yeah. And this to me sounds like kind of typical Prince in the studio by himself. Um, you know, that's the kind of production sound it is. He probably
1: did it in an um, afternoon, that kind of thing. He's just bored on a well, Sunday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that probably explains why we kind of we get we get into a slightly different direction towards the end. And and you know, Maite comes in, credited of course with her middle name Janelle, mm. um, and just starts singing in some Spanish uh, or mostly talking in some Spanish. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, and I think. Kind of the lyrical content as well is something, you know, as with like a lot of pop songs, it it isn't really saying a huge amount <laughs> no. um, outside of kind of the title, which is, you know, Prince starts by saying, you know, damned if I do. Um, and then saying um, uh, when we get the actual first verse, he says, tell, tell me what's up with teenage in decision. And I think it's like the thing that I like about this song is the way that he has these kind of odd phrasings um, in, in the in the kind of verses, uh, you know, when he says, I'm mad in love, but you won't give me permission. <laughs> um, you say, be here at nine, and then scream at me for not giving you more time. <laughs> so, And I, I find it interesting, you know, once Prince is a married man, um, although this was, you know, written before he got married to Maite, but I find it interesting when we have songs after Prince is married, where he's still... Sings about this kind of yearning, and this does kind of paint a picture of like a bit of a kind of teenage love story of like, I mean, he says teenage literary in the song, yeah. but like this idea of someone, you know, giving him certain demands, and then when he meets those demands, it's still not kind of <laughs> letting him do stuff, <laughs> um, and that kind of frustration, you know, which is something that you don't normally get from a Prince song, like. Normally, if Prince is like, I'm there at nine, it's like, well, that's when things start. And then we'll keep on going until nine the following morning.
1: (laughs) Getting more realistic now with these uh,
0: lyrics. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Like the idea that he arrives and and it's like, no, you know. And I also like, um, you know, uh, when we get to like the second verse and Prince says, I smell vermouth every time I don't get to kiss you. which Which is such an interesting, like, the idea that he's getting close enough to kiss but then she denies him the kiss, but he can smell vermouth. Like, <laughs> now that, that like really paints. got me
1: because I understand now in retrospect, the lyric about the, you know, the teenage indecision that you mentioned. But when I first was, was going through it, I thought that meant, oh, he's writing it from the perspective of him as a teenager. So when it got to the vermouth line, I was thinking, what teenager drinks vermouth? <laughs> and then it dawned on me, oh, wait a minute. I need to reevaluate what he's saying here. <laughs> so I have to go back. yeah Um, and we also get
0: another cliche of the enough's enough if you don't want my love in (laughs) then maybe I'll give it up (laughs) and it's like I I like the idea that, that there's a prince out there who's like Okay, so you don't want me to kiss you that's it i'm done i'm not gonna I'm not gonna force the issue. I'm out of here <laughs> and I, I like to me, that doesn't seem realistic. It seems like you know Prince would be like, okay, you know let's negotiate here and let's let's kind of let's get a bit more into the seduction yeah definitely uh, i mean you we know.
1: just on on my show we just have recorded an episode looking at under the cherry moon, which neither of us had seen before and oh my god that movie uh but basically yeah in that he he doesn't let it lie he he's a jerk he's he's constantly pushing pushing pushing
0: oh yeah yeah now the the, the thing that like over prince's three films um you know uh, the thing that is common is he becomes more and more of a jerk in each <laughs> film and so he's in purple rain he's I mean, he's he's like it's really weird because for most, if you were to view Purple Rain, if the, if you were to cut one scene from Purple Rain, uh, which involves someone being thrown inside a dumpster, <laughs> um, it, it's it's very easy to make Morris Day the hero of that that film because Prince is such a jerk. Absolutely, that it's without it's like a doubt. you could like you you can easily be like, well, I think I'm going to side with Morris Day in this. <laughs> And I think there's a similar thing in Under the Cherry Moon where it's like he gets even worse than in Purple Rain. Definitely worse. Like, you know, I mean, obviously he's playing a gigolo, so, you know, it kind of makes sense a little bit. But at the same time, it's like he is so terrible to Kristen Scott Thomas that you're like, I don't know. Like, we're meant to feel sad when he dies. Spoiler alert. He dies. Um, yeah, but i didn't you know. feel anything i was glad <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it and i think i think that's the thing as well is like then then he's in heaven singing mountains and you're like wait there does he does he deserve to be up there what's going on <laughs> um yeah and then in graffiti bridge he's even worse if it's possible than he is in either of those two films oh my god and like the trademark of that is the first film was not written or directed by prince The second film was directed but not written by Prince. And then the third film was written and directed by Prince. That's a bad sign from the (laughs) author. Yeah. yeah. So as he gets more kind of control, his character becomes more and more of a jerk. And that's something that's kind of almost true in this song a little bit. Like, you know, um, like the character, like, even though we've had in the second verse, he's like, I'll give up. He still goes on with, like... Um, you know, damned if I don't try to make you see the way uh, you see yourself the way I do, open minded, worldly and ready for taboo. So it's like <laughs> he's hes like saying, look, I just want everyone to appreciate you as you are, which is someone who's willing to indulge me.
1: <laughs> Basically, <laughs> it's, like, it's all about him in a way.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the funniest thing in the entire world to me is in the booklet, there is only like each, song, He doesn't have the lyrics for a start. You have to order them from oh. um for, a, for a, a princely sum of $30, I think it was, something like that. Seriously, back in the for the lyrics to the album? Yeah. Oh, my God. And previously, when he was on Warners, he always had lyric sheets. But for Emancipation, he was like, no, no, no. If you want to know the lyrics, you have to pay for them. But oh. he has little quotes from, from each song next to the song titles. And for this song, the only quote he has is, I won't do it like Kevin.
1: Yes. I. This is one of my favourite lines.
0: <laughs> Where he's like, tell me what's up. Are we going to go to heaven? Which I'm assuming is sex. Uh, I'll fill your cup. I won't do it like Kevin. And I'm like, what? I know, the, the
1: shades <laughs> of it all. I want to know who Kevin is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if it's just that it rhymes with heaven or what the situation is, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, he probably just and thought, I've got to of-
1: put a name in here. What rhymes? Oh, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> That's fine.
0: Yeah. Um, and then it's interesting as well, because obviously, the, you know, we have the chorus, which is damned if I do, damned if I don't. You say you want to you say you want me to love you. But when I try, you won't. Maybe maybe we should say goodbye. That's that's the kind of, you know, that's the repetition. But then when we get to the final time, he does it before we take a turn into into, you know, uh, a Spanish villa to watch some flamenco. <laughs> um, he changes the, the kind of instead of saying, but when I try, you won't. Maybe we should say goodbye. He changes it to. Um, baby, maybe we should say goodbye. Maybe we should say I do. Oh, so he's like, he's like, maybe, like the issue here is that we aren't in a committed relationship. So let's get married. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of
1: a leap, isn't it? Like I understand the message. Like maybe we should commit. Yeah, that might solve the problem. But maybe don't just go and get married straight away.
0: <laughs> now here's the thing: when Prince dated Maite, on their very first date. He asked her to marry him.
1: That is the strangest thing, but also the most <laughs> prince thing I could imagine.
0: And then it took like another—I think it was like another eighteen months or something—before they finally got married. But yeah, so this, this, this move of oh, you know, maybe you don't want to like you keep turn, send me to turn up at nine and then you're not there. You won't let me kiss you, but I can smell the moof on your breath. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm going to fill you your cup. You know, I won't do it like Kevin, whoever Kevin is, you know. <laughs> um, but And then he changes it to just like, well, then it feels like, you know, in most circumstances you'd say the ho- the whole baby, maybe we should say goodbye, feels like the right step to take. But in this case, Prince is just like, hmm, maybe we should get married.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is how divorces happen. <laughs>
0: yeah. And so I just, I find it so funny that Prince is just like... um, yeah, you know. Okay, I don't feel this is working out. Let's get married then. And that's and I love that as like a tactic because like the other person just have to go, um, no, I don't want to get married. And then Prince can be like, well, okay, well if we're not going to get married, then what can we do before we get married? And it's kind of almost like a you know a, a kind of painting someone into a corner and being like, well, if you don't want to get married. And, you know, you want me to turn up at nine, but, you know, like, what's what's going on?
1: Yeah, painting them into a corner, that's a very good way of putting it, because every other time I've been on your show so far, it's been a song about sort of mutual love and respect. And Prince was very nice. He would ask, you know, before he would uh, come on to someone. But in this, it's kind of like he's, he's a bit bitter. He's like, well... I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't. Like, well, what am I supposed to do? Damn it. Like, I just want to sleep with you. I'm trying everything. It's like a strange attitude. Uh, But
0: then, of course, that maybe we should say I do. That signals the kind of the change where the song turns into, like, a very kind of Spanish influence comes in. Obviously, you know, Maite is Puerto Rican. So, Mm. you know, uh, there have been a few songs before this that had had a bit of a kind of... um, Either a Middle Eastern influence, you know, she was also a trained belly dancer, so, you know, there's a little bit of that, Um, or certainly a bit more of a kind of Spanish, you know, influence. There's a song on this album called Soul Sanctuary, which is basically played almost in a flamenco style. Mm. Um, So, you know, the influence is there, but the fact that this song changes so abruptly... And like the music kind of drops out and we get a bit of the horns kind of filling in and then the song kind of comes back. <laughs> but as this this weird and then we get, you know, this kind of exchange in Spanish, which is, um, you know, t- which I am I mean, you know, my Spanish is not fantastic. So but I'll give it a go. And it's Tu uh, Siempre Estas Hamblando de lo que tenemos que hacer, which is like you're always speaking about what we should do. Bueno, uh, te Pero lo que tienes que hacer, which is you know, I know what we should do, um, and we get someone saying K, which I think is um, you know the other voice, and then the funny this like this line I always love, es biscata un menta para bo boca poca apuestas, which is um, is it get a breath mint because
1: your mouth stinks? What? Like- <laughs> yeah. Anyway, congratulations on the Spanish.
0: Thank you. Um, yeah, and then there's a little bit of an exchange where the last thing said in the song is, uh, ah, me, no, me, a pasta la boca, which is my breath doesn't stink. Which is just like...
1: <laughs> that's an important phrase to know. <laughs>
0: yes, but I, I mean, I just, I, I kind of, I like as well that this, like, Prince has had songs before where he's had foreign languages in. In particular, on, on Parade, there are a couple of songs that have French in. Mm. Uh, and the French usually answers the question that's being posed by Prince in English, but here, It's not like she says, yes, I'm going to marry you or, you know, this is the reason why I've been messing with you or like there's nothing that kind of links to the earlier part of the song. Yeah. Instead, it's a whole different story about, (laughs) about, (laughs) you know, your mouth stinking. And I, I think that's quite funny that like Prince has gone because you almost think to yourself, well, what's, you know, what's the translation? What are they saying? You know, they're saying, yes, I'm in love with you. I'm going to marry you. And it's like, no, they're not. They're not. They're literally not addressing <laughs> anything from the beginning of the song. That's the
1: thing. I don't speak a word of Spanish. So I assumed it was. Yeah, it was wrapping up the story of the song.
0: <laughs> but instead, it's just it's just a conversation between Maite and who I'm assuming is her sister um just about people getting breath mints basically <laughs> yeah.
1: and all but, i could think as well it's a completely different genre because i listen to music of all genres i'm one of those pretentious jerks but um for some reason it was I, I was sat there and again i don't speak spanish so i was like oh this sounds a bit like that bit in the punk rock band uh, rancid song radio havana where it goes all spanish that was all i could think so then i had to put that on straight away after like yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah I, I i don't know it's just to me it's quite funny that prince chooses like Obviously, you know he'd had Mite speak Spanish before on um, on Gold Experience. Mm. Um, in particular, she kept saying "Princess" de Muerte over and over again, um, mm. and <laughs> to the point where you're like, "Yeah, we get it. Prince is dead. He's called Symbol. You know, let's let's give it a rest." <laughs> yeah, we, we only
1: need to hear um, that five times, maybe.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I so it, I think it's funny that the end of this song doesn't address the beginning of the song, and basically we're left with just maybe I should maybe we should say I do. That's the end of that's the end of Prince's thoughts on this. And I like that my take just just does not address it at all <laughs> and just kind of goes off in a completely different direction. I don't know. It's, it's just one of those weird things where the song, I think the song itself is okay. Like for, up until that point, I'd say it's like a, a three out of five. Yeah. But then it suddenly turns all Spanish. And I'm thinking, well, just for the fact that you, you went in a completely different direction to end this <laughs> song, I think I'm going to have to like, knock you up to a four out of five. Ooh. Just just because it's just because it's so enjoyable to kind of have this weird like ending, yeah. um, which is, you know, a lot of the songs on, on kind of emancipation. You know, they they end, I wouldn't say cliched, but like they end the way you expect them to end, you know? Yeah. And I I think there's a lot of times on this, well, I I say that, apart from maybe Jam of the Year and Joint to Joint, which are songs that are almost eight minutes long each, and they go in several different directions during those songs. But most of the time, the songs just finish how you expect. So it's nice to just have a song that decides it's going to take a left turn (laughs) at the end, and then you're like... You know, and I think this is something that I would have, you know, appreciated a lot more on Emancipation is the kind of the experimental stuff is left until the third disc. And a lot of the songs before that are are kind of, I don't want to say boring, but they're kind of expected. And so I think it's nice to have just like an unexpected turn at the end of the song and just be like, I I don't know what that was about. And I I don't know that it really (laughs) resolves the song. But it's just nice that Prince is just like, you know, okay, you know, my wife, you know, speaks Spanish, so let's put her on the song. You know, let's call her by a middle name for some reason, which I, I don't understand. Why not? Let's, your prince. Let's have someone who's uncredited. Like, it just seems like there's a lot of like weird, little weird choices that he made, you know, with this particular song, where I was just like, well, yeah, okay. I, I Like, I appreciate that he kind of took the risk. And I, yeah. I say, you know, put it up by heart, by one star, but I would say actually probably maybe half a star. So maybe three and a half out of five from me. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think that's a fairer number. I, w- I wouldn't go as high as four, personally. It's It was fine. It was okay. It was a bit... I don't want to say bland because that sounds really negative but it was kind of like run of the mill you're like oh yeah I wouldn't turn yeah. it off but I wouldn't seek it out yeah
0: you know and Prince never performed this track live uh, you know given given what happened after the release of the album I can kind of understand why a lot of the songs from this album particularly any that involved Maite he would be reluctant to perform live um, not that, but at this point, he, you yeah. know, he, with Emancipation, he had a lot of songs to pick from. And there's about 20 songs that he never performed live from Emancipation because I think the set list was kind <laughs> of pretty much like the songs that he wanted to perform live. And then, you know, everything else, occasionally he would kind of mix in there. And also he was trying to avoid playing the Warner Brothers stuff as well. So, you know, his choice on what to play was it was kind of uh, limited in a certain way. But at the same time, there's no way he was going to be able to perform all 36 36- like, that would have been a three-hour set every no. night. There's just no way that he would have been able to do that. Um,
1: it would have been great as, like, a one-off gig, do the whole thing yeah, to get Yeah, and I learn. would
0: have liked to, you know, I think, you know, uh, obviously around the time that Prince died, you know, was uh, was around the, the kind of the, the 20 years, you know, uh, since this album had been released. You know, given, uh, I think he was about six months off, and it would have been 20 years since Emancipation was released. And I would have liked if at the end of 96, mm-hmm. he would have done, you know, a short tour where he was just like, I'm gonna I'm gonna perform Emancipation beginning to end, you know, um, and that would have been that would have oh. been really fun. But uh, you know, I think for him, there's a lot of songs from this time that have negative connotations, and that's probably why he, you know, why by the time he got to kind of promoting this album, uh, there's a lot of songs that he probably didn't want to play live. Uh, and I'm I'm guessing having yeah, my understand. take him out on stage to do like a whole Spanish thing at the end of a song was probably something he's like. I feel like we could avoid doing that for the moment. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, go without saying no one's tried covering this song, but if they did, I think it would be interesting if they just kept the whole Spanish part in as well.
1: Oh, you'd have to. That make, That sort of makes it memorable.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, um, well, I feel like we said as much as we can about Damned If I Do, so let's go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug, John?
1: Well, I would like to plug uh, my podcast, obviously. I am from, well, if you haven't heard me on here already, I am from Bat Minute 89, which is the podcast where we analysed Tim Burton's Batman one minute at a time. Um, and soon, soon, we'll be launching into Batman Returns. So I think we're going to rebrand the whole show and just call it Batminute. So just look up Bat Minute.
0: <laughs> and you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast. Or you could email us, not sure why you would, at Track at gmail.com. Unless, of course, you are the other Spanish woman that is on this track. And by all <laughs> means email me. So thanks for being my guest here once more, John. No, thank you. Thanks for having me. And otherwise, goodbye.